What's up? What's up, Nick? Oh, Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. Today, I'm joined by Vladimir Hernandez from LitterFreeLots.nyc, a parking lot litter pickup business that he started back in 2018 as a side hustle with the goal, hey, you know, if I can make an extra thousand bucks a month, that would be pretty cool. Fast forward now, four summers later, it is now a six-figure business, and we're diving into everything that Vladimir did to make that happen. But before that, we got to take it back to the beginning, to the idea stage, the inspiration stage. What made you think, you know what? I'm going to go spend my spare time cleaning up litter from parking lots. Hey, Nick. How's it going? Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, actually, um, I was looking at your website, and I came across... 99 ideas on how to make extra money. So I was going down the list and I came across trash picking service. And I was like, wait, I was like, I took a look at it. and was like, wait, let me see what this is all about. I clicked into it and I actually started looking at the article and it was basically saying, um, hey, you can make money picking up litter on, on commercial properties. So at that time, I was like, hey, this is something I felt comfortable with that I could do. I wound up seeing, um, his name was Brian, and I wound up reaching out to Brian from Clean Lots, and I was like, hey, Brian, hey, um, by any chance, do you you think that er- that service will work in my area? And he got back to me, he says, anywhere where it's parking lots. And I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, so you're thinking, hey, this is a um, low startup cost, no specialized skills required. Is it going to work in my area? Well, yeah, I got parking lots around me. This is uh, Brian Winch, uh, you mentioned from Clean Lots in episode 266 of the Side Hustle Show. So he kind of gives you the green light. It's like, uh, I don't see why it wouldn't work. Right, right. He had a book that he had on his site that he was like selling. And then I brought the book and I read it in like in two days. And then at the end of the book, after I finished reading it, um, it had a it had a phone number there, and it was like, "Whoa!" It said, uh, "If you have any questions, please call me." Brian did, and I was like, <laughs> "Actually, um, I picked up the phone, I gave him a call, and I was like, you know, I started asking him questions, and Brian was, you know, he was such of a nice guy, you know, um, he was straightforward to me. He was telling me how basically is he says you want to make sure you get started right away and don't waste any time." And I was like, wow, with that little talk I had with him, I felt like so much confidence that I felt like, oh, it's something I could do, you know, in my area. Okay. So what was your first step after that? I started as a sole proprietorship I did. And then um, I went up getting like a, also a checking account opened up, business checking account. And then you want to basically drive around to area parking lots that are in your area. And um, see if you could get in contact with one of the tenants there and see if they could have you speak with them. You know, they could give you the number to speak with the manager. So that's what I did. I actually went to one of the plazas that's next to where I live. Basically, I walked in and I was like, hey, my name is Vladimir. I'm a local vendor in the area. My company is specializing in cleaning up litter and debris from parking lots. Um, Do you know who's the manager? They were like, well, the manager's not here. I could give you his phone number. You give him a call. So I gave him a call and I was like, hey, my name is Vladimir from Litter Free Lots. I'm a local vendor in the area. My company specializes in picking up litter, debris. And uh, are you interested in that type of service? He was like, let's schedule an appointment to come to my office and we could talk. 
So I did. Um, I actually scheduled an appointment with um with the manager. I went, sat down with him, okay. and he was like, "Listen, I have this lot. I have others." And I was like, "Wow!" I was like, <laughs> "So from that one lot I was he had like eight other locations that needed sweeping." So I, that's how I actually started. Well, so and he didn't ask for portfolio or references or anything. He's just like, "Hey, I'll give you, I'll give you a shot on this one, and if you do okay, we'll talk about the rest." Is that how it kind of went down? Yeah, when I went to his office, I was um, I was dressed professionally, and I walked in. I had my business card. I had a little flyer. I handed it over to him, and I said, "You know, I I gave him a little speech of what I did, and I guess he felt confident, and he felt some type of connection with me, or the vibe he got from me. He felt like I was he was comfortable with me. Then from there, he was just um, he felt, hey, you know, I'll give this guy a shot, you know." <laughs> Did you have an existing service provider? And that's always, you know, with any of these businesses, like, are you coming in? Are you displacing you know, some part of the process that already exists if the business has been around for any length of time? Like, or have they just been letting the trash pile up for, you know, years and years? With this um, location that I know, it was basically the tenants were sweeping in front of their areas. So whatever is in front of them, they were sweeping. So they let's say there was like this five storefronts and they were just coming out and they were just doing their area. And uh, as soon as I got on and I started sweeping, you could hear the tenants like the wind was blowing over to my end. But now that you're here, it's so much better. I don't have to deal with this stuff. <laughs> so that's how basically the tenants were doing it themselves. And when I got on and I actually started doing the sweeping, you could see how they how happy they were. and they were basically happy to see someone on the property actually sweeping up. Okay. And so early on, it was you going out there early mornings or late at night doing this sweeping and, and litter picking. How did you know how much to charge for that first job? Right. So what I did was I walked around the property and I said, how long would it take me to um, sweep this parking lot? And um, I just, I walked the sidewalks. Uh, I walked inside the parking lot area, just like a, walking and acting like I was sweeping. And just, I was like, all right. Okay. Okay. I can picture you out there <laughs> with the push broom. <laughs> right. So it was just one of those things where I was just like walking around and I was like, all right. And I had, I remember looking at my phone and I was like, let me see. I, I put a timer on my phone and I was like, let me see how fast I could walk this property. And then I'll hit the stopwatch on the phone. And I was like, all right, to walk this property, it took me like 15, 20 minutes. And then I f at times did about how many days they wanted daily. This service, they wanted it daily, Monday through Friday. So I was like, all right, it'll take me 20 minutes per day to do this lot. Some days, you know, and that's the average I came, it was like 20 minutes to get it done daily. And at, at that point, I was able to like come up with the, with the numbers and how much to charge them. Yeah. What was the hourly rate you were shooting for? So at the beginning, I was trying to shoot for like 35 an hour. So um, that was like my number, and monthly it was coming out to, I'll say four fifty, five hundred bucks a month. At that time, I felt like, is this worth it at that price? But like it was my first account, I felt like, you know what? Let's get in the door first. I felt like let's go ahead and let's just go in and at that price. Yeah, did that end up being too high, too low, just about right? Like if, if the guy signs, <laughs> he's like, oh, shoot, you know, sign me up. Like, oh, I priced too low. The reaction was like, I submitted the proposal for five days and 
I, I received an email and it was signed. I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> so I, I went through, it wasn't no, I didn't get, oh, the price is, is too expensive. I didn't get no reaction like that. It was more like I sent the proposal through email. When I turned around, he says, when can you start? And it was, the proposal was signed. And I was like, okay. I was like, yeah, I could start Monday. Hey, let's do it. Yeah, I just added 450 bucks a month by uh, bottom line here. I wanted to ask about uh, startup costs. So I'm imagining like a push broom, maybe some trash bags, like in, in the logistics of what do you what do you do with the stuff that you do sweep up? Could you speak to the equipment or other startup costs required? I started with LegalZoom and I set up a sole proprietorship with them. And then um, once that was set up, got some supplies. I wound up purchasing a blower broom. And actually, on um, I went, there's this company too that I wind up calling. And I wind up getting um, their litter scoop. It is. It makes your life much easier when you're sweeping a lot. A lot of people use just a regular a jumbo dustpan, and it takes them forever to like to clean. So Brian mentioned that in his book, and he said, "Hey, you want to reach out to this um, company? It's it's um, called Litter Liquor. It was." And I was like, at the time, I was like, "Litter Liquor," and I wind up looking at at their website. They had different equipment to make cleanup much faster. And I was like, wow. So I went up and I went to the site and I looked at the different like equipment they had and they had a, like a large um, litter scoop and I purchased that and it actually did it. <laughs> it made my life much easier. I was able to walk around, sweep. And once I was done, I was able to dump all the, all the litter inside the, the dumpster right away. Okay. So you use the on-site dumpster versus having to haul it away yourself. A lot of these plazas, they have like um dumpsters on the site. So when you're sweeping up, you're only picking up like, you know, little items like um paper cups, soda cans, um cigarette butts. Hopefully they are, you know, they put out before you throw them in there. But, you know, <laughs> just small trash. You And then it's not, it doesn't accumulate. When you're there daily, it's like a maintenance. So it's not going to be that much litter. Yeah, litterliquorproducts.com. I see them. And actually, uh, Brian's site, Clean Lots, is the second result on Google for uh, for litter liquor. So there you go. He's got the inside scoop on the tools of the trade there. Anything else helpful on the equipment side of things? Uh, blower does uh, does great when um, like sweeping, um, blowing the, the dirt and on, on the sidewalk. So like you will use the blower to like blow all the debris onto a corner of the lot. And then you'll have that area you could be able to just like sweep all the accumulate once it accumulates you'd be able to sweep it up so that's very helpful um rake too is also helpful and are you going out in the after work hours to get this done talk to me about the timing of of okay i got this deal signed i'm i'm in business now but now i gotta go and do it once the service is important to clean the parking lot when there's no vehicles and um what i did was um it was serviced either really late at night or early in the morning. The parking lot that I was at first, it had like a 24-hour business, um, like 70, it was like a 7-Eleven. It had 24 hours. I said that some, if I went there like around 11 o'clock at night, I seen that there were still cars there. So that lot alone, I had to be there, I'll say around 6 in the morning. And they weren't that. So basically, the service wants to get, the service needs to get done 
either early in the morning or once the business is closed, that's when you want to service the property. So it depends on, on per location. Gotcha. It makes sense. And that's why Brian pitched it as a an ideal side hustle because it's like, well, you got to do it, you know, either before or after hours. And so, you know, who, who does this appeal to? It appeals to people looking for some extra income. So what happens next? So you got this one uh, lot signed up, you're going out there five days a week. And do you say, well, I've got extra capacity, or if I could find somebody else to do this work, or this guy is happy with me, and he's got these other half dozen lots that he wants help with? What happens next? I was actually doing the work myself for quite a while. And then um, as soon as he, you know, he started giving me more work. And then at that point, I felt like, wait a minute. Um, I felt at that point I had to start bringing people on. I went up bringing like independent contractors to give me a hand. Basically, what I did was I'll take a percentage from whatever I was making. So let's say if I was charging 500, I'll take, you know, I was looking for reaching for like 25% from that. That was my next step was to get other people to help me out because at p- one point it was getting too, it was getting, it was becoming a little overwhelming because I was like doing all the work myself. And I felt I was like, oh, I, I'm going to need a, at least extra someone to give me a hand. So I went with getting someone to give me a hand and it really helped out. And then it got to a point I was like, wait a minute, I could just, I'll just hire another person and I'll just could step back away from it. So what I wound up doing was every time I picked up another location, it would be more like I'll clean it for a month, then I'll get, bring somebody on, train them while I was doing it for like, I'll say a week, and then I'll bring the person on and be like, hey, this is what needs to get done. If you do it the way I'm doing it now, you'll be all right. And so far, every person I got on, I did it that way. And it's been it's been good. They've been doing what they were they supposed to. and a lot, you know, it's always maintained litter free. <laughs> That's great. So your split is aiming for 75, 25, 75 to the contractor doing the actual picking 25 to you as the business owner to cover marketing, overhead, profit, all the rest of that stuff. Correct. Yes. And I felt that was my number. It depends on the location, but that's my 25%, 21%. That was my range. Okay. This edition of The Side Hustle Show is sponsored by FreshBooks. When you're building a business that you care about, it's easy to feel like there just aren't enough hours in the day. And if you're doing all of the invoicing and bookkeeping and accounting on your own, you're probably spending time on work you don't love and work that doesn't move the business forward. This is where our sponsor, FreshBooks, comes in. It's the all-in-one accounting solution that saves entrepreneurs and freelancers up to 11 hours a week. That's 11 extra hours you could spend nailing that client pitch, better serving your customers, or practicing your craft. From building, sending, and following up on invoices, to processing online payments, to automatically tracking your receipt data for easier expenses, FreshBooks automates and simplifies all of the tough and annoying parts of running your own business. It's also super easy to get up and running, and the award-winning FreshBooks Rockstar support team is always available to answer questions. Seriously, call them up, see for yourself. Try FreshBooks free for 30 days. There's no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash side hustle to get started today. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle, and let me know what you're going to do with those extra 11 hours a week. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and 
you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you, whether it's a spare room or even your entire home. There's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. And then from there, what was the fact, I mean, just walking into more to more stores, asking if the manager's around, asking if you can have contact information for the manager, just kind of lather, rinse, repeat on this marketing process? No. So w- what I wound up doing was basically, um, I did actually do a Google search and I was like, um, commercial property managers in my area I did. And um, basically what happened from, you know, a bunch of property managers came up and I picked up the phone and I started just going down the list and making um, warm, I'll call them warm calls. I'll say people call them cold calls, but it was more like warm calls to me because it was more like pick up the phone and be like, hey, I'm a local vendor in the area. I specialize in picking up litter and debris. Are you interested in this service? Or And they were like, oh, send me some information. A lot of you will get that. In. Send me some information. So what I started doing was basically I'll send them information and there was more following up with that same person being persistent and um just giving going down the list and basically giving people calls and and out of like um several calls and then just following up with them that's how I was able to pick up more accounts from there and once I'll get them in usually one manager will have one more than one property like if you have if you get in the door and be like hey you finished cleaning this property um I have two other sites and can you check a look at them and get back to me on a price? I'm like, yeah, sure. When somebody's polite on the phone and says, yeah, possibly, could you send me some information on that? What specifically do you send them? If, if, you're, if you're unable to, you know, you don't want to commit yourself to a quote like over email or something like that. There's a flyer that I'll send out. I had a flyer set up explaining my service and I'll put it as an attachment and I'll say, oh, it was a pleasure speaking with you. I wasn't too long on the email, it was short and sweet, and I'll put a flyer there explaining what the service I did and um, please call for an estimate. So I was doing that for a while. Once I would submit that, it was just, it's, it's also like following up. Um, there's one manager, it was like, I had to call him like three or four times to like close the deal. So it's always just like being persistent, following up and keep working the list, um, keep calling people, the other method is just going out there. If you see a plaza next to you or a building that you're interested in cleaning is usually those stores, that plaza will have like a mom and pops. Um, you have the franchise and I'll go to the one where the mom and pops are and speak to them. and like, listen, um, do you know the manager's mo- number, the owner? I'm interested in cleaning this parking lot here and there. Some of them will turn around and be like, hey, this is the owner's name or the manager give them a call. Okay. Okay. So on the follow-up side, it's just being like giving them, um, being persistent and, um, having the little script in the beginning 
you always want to introduce yourself and um, be more. I try to like be laid back when I'm like making the phone calls. I didn't want to sound like a salesperson, more like I'm at ease and but let them know what I want. I'm here to help them, basically. Um, I'm here if you reach out. Did you find a lot of people are, you know, price shopping the service or the way that they're currently dealing it with it is kind of like you described? Well, it's each tenant's responsibility to sweep in front of their specific store, but then nobody is necessarily in charge of the lot itself, or, you know, hopefully the landscaping company will come and do that or just, you know, wishful thinking and this stuff blows off into some neighboring thing with the next storm. What kind of maybe objections or price shopping stuff did you end up getting during those follow-ups? I'll get things like, if it rains, um, would you still be out there? I'll tell them the work will still get done. Huh? If it's there, you'll get objections like, all right, I don't think my property needs that much, you know, day, you know, it'll mean it don't need daily maintenance, but it might need three days a week. And, you know, I'll try to like let, let them know, like, you know, I'm, daily is better because it's a better maintenance. It becomes, you know, maintenance. And over a period, if you only do it twice a week, you know, litter accumulates. And then basically it will be, you know, the next time. That you, you know, if you're doing it twice a week, it's better off you being on the property five days than two days, you know? People will like, um, they'll say, are you doing the work? They will like, are you doing or you'll have somebody on the property? I will get that too. They wanted to know who will be on their property. Would you, um, be able to, I guess it, if it rains and stuff, they wanted to know if you were still service their property, even though it's more like rain or shine, we still out there, we'll get the work done. Yeah. Unless it's buried under a foot of snow in the winter, then there's not so much we can do, but we'll come back out once it melts and we'll take care of it. Right. So once it melts, right. Correct. We'll be, we'll get back on the property and we'll just, um, we'll do what we got to do. How many accounts are you up to these days? 30 right now. 30 different lots that you're responsible for? Correct, right. So we had 30 now and still growing. And uh, But besides the lots is what the manager's office, they offer so many other things besides that. They'll come like, hey, um, do you do this? And I'm like, yes, we do. So they'll ask you, do you do window cleaning? Um, Do you clean common areas inside the plaza? So those are like extra work that you could get while you were on these properties. So the income just, it goes from where you were getting monthly to what other additional services could be added from illegal dumping to window cleaning, storefronts. They'll, the manager will give you ideas of what you could do to it. It's, um, it's unbelievable. Okay. Yeah. You become the go-to person for this type of thing. You're already out here anyway. What else can you do while you're here? Do you have a rule of thumb as to, you know, what you say yes to versus like, ah, you know, that's really kind of outside of my comfort zone or outside of my area of expertise. Yes, of course. There's some things like I'm not doing any snow removal. I do more of the landscaping, but snow removal, that's something I'm thinking about it, but maybe in the future I'll look into it. But that's something right now that I'm not actually doing. Yeah. So you mentioned illegal dumping, for example, like this is when somebody just comes and puts a bunch of garbage into one place. And it's like, is that even going to fit in the dumpster that's on site? Like, what do you do in, in that case? People come by, they will drop off mattresses. Um, you can name it. Basically, what we 
do is we'll take a picture, we'll send it over to the managers like, Liz, this is what they left here in the lot. And they were like, please get rid of it. They'll send me an email, right? They don't, they don't want to. It's like, just get rid yeah. of the property. And uh, right at that point, I was like, all right, it's going to cost you this much. And they're like, all right, just get rid of it. And then I'll just bill them. Once I send the invoice, I'll bill them on. Illegal dumping was removed and I'll put the item, what it was and the date it got removed and the time. And I'll actually attach a picture to what was removed. Okay, so they remember what it is or what the extra charge is for. Right. It will be added to the invoice. You'd be surprised, like, so much on, on these properties. Um, you come across all these illegal dumpings. People just, they just dump things at, next to these dumpsters, and and the company is not going to take it. So they have to pay extra, the managers, to get rid of that. And so then you're, you're a contractor, or you have to somehow get this mattress or whatever else it is to the transfer station or to the dump or like, so what do you like? <laughs> how do you handle that? I'm at a point now that I have like different um contractors that do that. I get rid of the trash. So at this point, I'm more like I'm playing more like a third man. Oh, okay. So you got somebody like a specialist you can call somebody who has a truck. Like if your guy's just showing up in a sedan or something or yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So they already, they do this for a, li- a living build a relationship with these guys. So at this point I could call them up at any time and be like, Hey, I have this location. Can you get rid of that for me? Oh, I'll be there shortly, you know? And, and if that person can't make it, I'll call the next one and be like, Oh, I have another, this location I have, like, um, they dump this at the site. Can you take care of that for me? So I went up in building a little, a little list of uh, people I could call that specialize in removing junk. Are there any, software tools or other technology that you're using to dispatch your team or manage, you know, who's going to what location on what day at what time and manage the billing and invoicing for all these different management companies and all, all, just across the different locations. Like at a certain size, it becomes, I imagine, a reasonably time-consuming job just to manage the beast. So um, like accounting purposes, I'm using QuickBooks. Other than that, it's just been more emailing. Um, it's funny. I've been you. I use a lot of WhatsApp for some reason, <laughs> like to communicate with different team members, right? Team members that way, and the, my subcontractors, they love using that, and they send me pictures through that. So that's one of uh, stuff I've been using. So it's mostly just text messaging, and it's fairly consistent. Like if somebody is on this particular job site or they have this particular route, they're doing that you know, week after week versus, oh, today I need you over here, like trying to juggle all these different chess pieces. They're already out there and they're they're probably going to be in the area. So it's more like, oh, I'm, I'm making a stop at this location. I should be there shortly, you know, or it'd be like, oh, I could take care of it tomorrow morning. So it's one of those things where I'll follow up with them too, through like a text to see if it got done and, and I'll let them know to send me pictures. Once they finish the job and that's been also working a lot. The pictures in this way, I could send over the managers. I'll send them all the owners. I'll send them the pictures of what got done so they could see um, that's like the best proof right there, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Because they're managing it from likely not necessarily on site either. They're just, hey, you, we just want to have some level of confidence that this work is getting done that we're paying for. You mentioned th- these additional service requests. Say, while you're out there, could you wash the windows or can you take care of this other thing? 
Anything else that's surprised you as you've built this thing over the last four years? Every manager um, I come across, they give me different ideas. Like the last manager I spoke to, he was like, do you do retail cleanouts? And I was like, like, and I was like, clean outsides. And he was like, yeah, like turnovers. Could you go in there and just like, once my tenant is vacant, could you go in there and just clean everything out and give it all that trash and clean it out for me? And I was like, wow, that's, I actually never thought about that. You know, I'm at these properties, you know, but I never actually even thought about that. You could go in there that once the property goes vacant, they, they all need somebody to go in there and clean everything out of there. So the next, um, person or when they rent it, they do rent it out down the fu- in the future that it will be just, you know, it'll be nice and clean. So that's a manager not too long ago told me about that. So that's something that now I'm looking into now. Okay. Adding that to the menu of services. Do you find that at this point, people are finding you organically through your, you know, local Google exposure, local Google, Google listings, or you find like, nah, it's really about this proactive outreach, getting in front of the decision makers and being persistent with the follow-ups. You know, what's funny, um, about like a couple of days ago, I had a website, <laughs> a website set up like in January. And I remember I was like, I have to get a website now. And, you know, it got to a point that I was like, I have to get a website. I didn't need it in the beginning, but now it's more like, I have to get a set up a website. So I set up a website in January. Oh, just, just this year. So you were, you were three and a half years deep into it before setting up the site. Right. So that's something that, you know, you don't need to be honest. Like I didn't need a website. I was able to get things done through, you know, making phone calls and stuff like that. But going back to, I was got the site up in January and I'll say three days ago, somebody found me on Google and was like, Hey, uh, senior website. Um, we have three sites. Can you please take a look at them? So now, um, just so for the day and I asked them, how did, you know, I was just curious. I was like, how did you find my number? And it was like, well, we did a Google search and we came across your number and we came across your website and, and we want to know if you could come check out on three parking lots we have. And I was like, yeah, sure. So not too long ago, I just, yeah, I went and I took a look at it and gave him a quote. So it looks like we're going to be in contract and moving forward with them. And that same company is like, we have 10 other properties <laughs> that we need also clean. I was like, wow. So just off of that, off of the, having this website. Yeah. See, come on, people put your website up earlier. <laughs> I'm, I'm, on the one hand, I'm glad like you didn't let it hold you back from getting started. But it's like, oh man, how many leads like that could have been coming in over the last few years? That's awesome though. I know. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I was like, Yes, get your site up. If you could get it, it, it doesn't cost much. I was looking at the newspaper and I came across uh, there's basically uh, the city had a program where they help you get a, a free website up and running. And they'll help you also set up an SEO for like a year. They'll help you out with that. And it's crazy. I don't know how many people, if they take advantage of that, but that service is out there you know, to help people out, you know, at least in my area. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Look, look around for what potential services may be out there. If that's, if that tech stuff is a bottleneck for you, or if it's intimidating, yeah, there's lots of, lots of ways to get that done. So that's, that's awesome. I'm happy people are, are discovering you now and maybe take a break from the, you know, the, the cold calling or the warm calling outreach, but we're, are you taking this thing? You're still doing it as a side hustle. You got these 30 lots. 
you know, are you going to expand outside of the boroughs? What's what's going on? What's next for Litter Free Lots? I'm looking into like drop servicing where people could come onto my website and order from the site and then I'll be able, we could be able to like um, get a, a match and get them out there to service the property. So I'm working on that now. I'm trying to see um, if they want an area or a sidewalk swept, they will just go onto my website. I'll have the pricing there ready and they'll have a, they'll know like an estimate. It will have a recurring price on there or have a one-time price there. So that's what I'm looking at for more on um, to getting done. Okay. Locally, or I guess you could, you could be nationwide if you can you know, eventually play matchmaker between a service provider and a customer. Right. Um, right now, so far, I'm trying local, see how it goes. And if I could take this nationwide, why now I'll, I'll shoot for it. You know, you never know until give it a try, but I'll start locally and see how it goes from there. Yeah. I think it's one of these examples that we've talked about in the past of a really kind of a localized, fragmented type of service business where there isn't a a, a well-known like national brand that does this, at least to, to my, that I'm aware of. And so there's a chance to right. become that or build that even on a local level and say, oh, this, you know, become the go-to player in this space, become the market leader. And then, you know, by default, you can start to expand in a lot of ways. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. One of the toughest parts about starting and growing your business is figuring out how to build relationships. As you know, people are more likely to buy from and do business with people they know, like, and trust. But when it comes to networking, where do you start? And what if you're more introverted like me? What if you're more wallflower than social butterfly? Well, there's a recent episode of a great podcast called This is Small Business that walks you through how to figure this stuff out. The episode is called How Networking Can Help You Build and Grow Your Business and Inside You'll learn practical tips on how to build business relationships that don't feel so transactional. A couple parts I liked in particular were how to break into those uh, tight little circles at networking events where you're kind of standing around awkwardly on the outside, and then what you should say in a follow-up email to somebody that you meet there. This is Small Business answers a ton of these questions that all entrepreneurs have, like how to use social media to grow your business, how to find your ideal price point, how to know when you're ready to launch your product, and tons more. So give it a follow. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you see it becoming a full-time thing? Is there a revenue target that you're trying to hit for? Or is it like, yeah, you know what? I got a good thing going. I can manage it in my spare time. I might as well uh, bank the day job while I'm at it. 
I feel like I could still continue the way I'm doing it now. But I, I if the way that it's going, if, it's, if you know, if the accounts are coming in this way, it looks like I, it's going to get to a point that I'm eventually going to have to, you know, and even speaking to like my family, they were saying, you know, it'll get to a point where how will you be able to manage both of them? So far, I'm able to handle it. But then, <laughs> I don't, you know, it's, yeah. it's one of those what, things. You got a one month old sleeping downstairs, it was? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. So right now it's one of those things like if it continues to, you know, build accounts, I think eventually it'll get to a point that I'm, I'm going to have to like focus on one thing then, you know, but so far it's been, it's working. And the reason why is because I, my goal is I'm trying not to do the, the cleaning myself. So it's important to get people and the right people to get the job done. And I think if you could get, if you could start doing that, focusing on getting the right people in there, it makes your life much easier. It's just getting the right people on the property and, and they're out there. There's some responsible people that will get the job done. Yeah. It sounds like you've built it in a really smart way for recurring revenue to not require your direct day to day boots on the ground involvement in a lot of cases. You know, providing this training up front, this over the shoulder, like, look, this is how I get it done. And then finding those reliable people to do it. I think it would be, you know, a potentially attractive business to acquire for somebody else who is looking for that recurring revenue stream or to continue to expand it. But I'm really excited with everything that you built and what you'll continue to build. So I appreciate you joining me on uh, this edition of the Side Hustle Show. You can find Vladimir at litterfreelots.nyc. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. You come across the, there's doubts and um, sometimes those doubts will be like, oh, you have like that little voice telling you, oh, I can't do this. Um, then you will go two or three days and you still haven't gotten nothing done. But um, what I say is um, get past that little voice, that's, that little negative voice that's telling you, no, you can't do this. Or if you could get past that, that doubt and that little voice and just try, just move past that and just start setting up either is the business right away or setting up your business account. Once you get off that point, I think you it'll, it'll take off from there. It's just getting past that little, everybody has doubts. If you could get past that, you'll be all right. Yes, quiet the doubts. My friend Jared hosts a podcast for years and years called Starve the Doubts. But yeah, we all face the same fears and questions and we second guess all of these decisions. If you can, those are probably totally valid, but yeah, I just push them aside for a little bit, move forward, keep moving that ball forward and good things come from that. So Vladimir, really appreciate you joining me and we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you, Nick, for having me. It was a pleasure. All right. Hope you enjoyed that chat with Vladimir. My top three takeaways from the call. Number one is to be a lean startup. This is naturally a low overhead, low startup cost business picking up litter. And that equates to low risk. Vladimir didn't say specifically how much he spent before he landed his first customer, but between Brian's Clean Lot ebook, between his uh, legal Zoom sole proprietorship setup that he mentioned, his business cards, his flyers, his equipment, I've got to imagine it was less than 500 bucks. And then he goes out and books his first job for 450 to 500 bucks a month, six grand a year in revenue from one customer, super quick ROI, and didn't stress about putting up a website until he was already well-established, start lean, validate the idea with real dollars, and then reinvest. Creating a pretty sizable business from scratch 
on the side, turning trash into treasure in this case, really inspiring stories. That's takeaway number one for me, be a lean startup. Number two is this foot in the door idea. And not only that, but keeping it in the door. I don't know if Vladimir had a sales background before this business, but you can tell, you know, now over the course of four years of doing it, he's really well practiced in talking to strangers. He knows his script. He knows his value prop, building rapport, dealing with the common objections that come up and just presenting himself as a helpful service provider. And just because somebody tells you no today, or more likely they kind of punch you down the road, they give you a non-answer. doesn't necessarily mean no forever. just means not yet, not right now. Keep following up. And a couple of things that were really cool about this foot in the door takeaway. First, one contact can add thousands of dollars to your bottom line because they manage several different locations in this specific business. That carrot I imagine helps uh, you work through all the rejection sticks that you might face in order to get it. And second, once you're in, once you've got a yes, and Vladimir mentioned this, you start to get these requests for all these add-on services. So as you build your network and you do good work, the snowball really starts to pick up momentum. And we've seen that in a bunch of different examples on the Side Hustle Show. But that's takeaway number two for me, this foot in the door and keep it in the door. Takeaway number three is recurring revenue. And this is a cool model because it's predictable recurring revenue week after week, month after month, which means the lifetime value of a customer can be huge, especially if they've got multiple lots, multiple locations. So whether or not you're interested in picking up litter from parking lots, think of what kind of maintenance service you can offer your customers. What's going to keep them coming back? After all, I think it's a lot easier to do more business with somebody who already knows, likes, trusts you than it is to get a new customer to pay you for the first time. Notes and links for this episode, along with the full text summary of our call, are at sidehustlenation.com slash litter2, L-I-T-T-E-R, and the number two, or you can just follow the link in the episode description of your podcast app. And if you do like this model, check out my original episode with Brian Winch from Clean Lots that inspired Vladimir's business. You can scroll down to episode 266. Got to go way back in the archives to find that one. Episode 266 in your podcast app or sidehustlenation.com slash litter will get you right over there. But big thanks to Vladimir for sharing his insight. It's uh, Vladimir with a B. My Spanish teacher in high school would always say, Vedi Vaca or Vedi Burro or Vedi Burro. And I don't know if she made that up, but Vedi Burro in this case, Vladimir. Thanks to FreshBooks for sponsoring this week. And now's the time to get your books in order so you can get an accurate picture of your profitability and make tax time a breeze. Start your 30-day free trial of FreshBooks at freshbooks.com slash side hustle. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're finding value in the show, the greatest compliment is to share it with a friend. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen, and I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Is there a more dreaded question than what's for dinner? Meal planning and eating well to hit your nutrition goals doesn't have to be complicated. Our sponsor, Factor, makes it easy by sending delicious, ready-to-eat, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals right to your door. Every week, you've got over 35 different menu options to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, 
vegan and veggie options, and more. Some personal favorites of ours so far have been the garlic mushroom chicken thighs and the Indian butter tofu. These are restaurant quality meals ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. It's the perfect easy button solution for busy side hustlers and couples. And it's not just dinner either. Factor has nutrient-packed snacks, smoothies, breakfasts, and more. And hey, plans change, which is why you can scale up or down your meals or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Head to factormeals.com slash sidehustle50 and use code sidehustle50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while your subscription is active. That's code sidehustle50 at factormeals.com slash sidehustle50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. Big thanks to Factor for sponsoring the show.